Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus as we count down to Christmas 2015. My, how the time flies and how many seasons have come and gone. And here we are again with this opportunity uh, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who will hear it. Uh, with all of the the attack and angst against uh, celebrating Christ in Christmas, He is still the centerpiece of Christmas. To children uh, that are not of age to understand, Santa Claus is still coming to town. But to us who know Christ is our Savior and know the real reason for the season, Jesus is and always will be the centerpiece of the Christmas story. Without Jesus, there is no Christ in Christmas. It becomes simply a commercial holiday, uh, a pagan holiday, or but nothing like it is supposed to be. And that is a, a Christian holy day. And a day when the gospel is declared to all who will hear it. Praise God that unto you... In the city of David is born this day a Savior, something that we all need, every one of us need, the forgiveness, the salvation that God has sent to us when he sent that baby, not to just lay in a manger to evoke sentimental feelings, but to go to a cross, a horrible, horrible cross, and die a terrifying death in order that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God, hallelujah, and and promise to live beyond this life in a place prepared. Praise God forever and ever. In fact, we're going to live here uh, after we go there and He comes here. Praise God. Well, that's the book of Revelation, and we'll get into that hopefully in this coming year more and more and more. Uh, but right now, we want to help you uh, to get into the true spirit of Christmas with all the hustle, bustle, and disruptions and distractions. We want to help you find the true spirit of Christmas. We want to talk about the scriptures themselves that you're probably very familiar with that has has inspired the songs that you're going to hear, the Christian Christ-centered uh, songs that have been adapted and adopted as hymns down through the years from the scripture and the scriptures behind those songs. So when you hear, oh, come all you faithful, and you hear, go tell it on the mountain this season, you'll understand the biblical basis for those songs. These are not just written out of uh, feelings of people, but actual biblical uh, prophecies and events that occurred. So we want to talk about that to help you to have the greatest spiritual Christmas that will enhance every other part of Christmas that you have this year. So if you have your Bibles, let's read the Christmas story from the shepherd's point of view and their experience in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. A lot of reading, but it's good reading. Praise God. Let's look at it together today. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. I want to stop. I want to stop before the angels appear and talk about these shepherds uh, for just a little bit here. These were not just any shepherds. These were particular 
peculiar shepherds uh, that the angels appeared to. Because for shepherds to be in the field uh, in in the time of year that Christmas is celebrated, uh, and most people believe it was, they can't put a date on it, but we celebrated in December, and there's a very real issue here that that in this cold month in Israel, you're not going to find shepherds in the field with their sheep. They're going to bring them into shelters to to keep them from the cold and the elements. But these were not uh, your normal shepherds, according to many scholars. These shepherds were the shepherds that were looking over the sheep that had been brought in in order to be offered up as a sacrifice. It was the time of the offering up of the sacrificed lambs. And we, these were the shepherds, temple shepherds, that were, were corralling the lambs before they were taken in to be offered up as a sin sacrifice. There is great significance in this because when Jesus was born, he was born in that manger. He came to this earth to go to the cross and become the Lamb of God. That's why John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, when he saw this 30-year-old man approaching to be baptized, God revealed it to it and dropped it in his heart. This is the one who will save from sin's consequence and sin's power. This is the one that will cause sinful men and women like you and me, boys and girls, to be reconciled unto God. And He will do it through a sacrifice of Himself. So behold, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice Lamb. And these were shepherds, the scholars believe, uh, both Jewish and uh, that are Messianic Jews and those uh, that are non-Jewish believe these were the shepherds. So I'm not arguing that it had to be in December or it was in December because of our tradition. But whenever it was, it could have been in the winter because these were corralled not to stay out there, but just before they would be taken in to be offered for the sacrifice of sin. The sacrificial sacrificial system was still in existence until the veil was torn. It continued in existence, uh, but it finally uh, was overthrown, and that sacrificial system stopped. But the sacrifice of this one Lamb once and for all, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, continued. And it's highly significant to me that temple shepherds were watching over lambs that were to be sacrificed when the last lamb to ever be sacrificed was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born to be the Lamb of God. So that is significance. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want to stop once again here at verse 14 and talk to you about this peace on earth. It didn't mean that his birth would immediately usher in a a time of peace that would be unending upon the earth, or that even in the temporal sense. In fact, his coming uh, caused great controversy, and it does to this very day. What this is really saying is that because Jesus has come, there can be peace to them that receive him as their sacrifice lamb, as their substitute on the cross, and being reconciled unto God, we have peace with God. Every person listening to this broadcast in this war-torn, war-weary 21st century has the, the opportunity to have peace with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The message of Christmas is that you and I, my dear friend, can have peace with God. And in that sense, there is peace available to the the citizens of this fallen planet, this fallen world, which only knows war and turmoil. Uh, But we can have peace within our heart and in our minds because of what Jesus did, because we can have peace with God. And friend, when you have peace with God because your sins are forgiven and remitted, then we can experience the peace of God. And the Bible said that peace is a peace that passes all understanding. In other words, it's a peace that you can have in the midst of a storm. When no one understands how you could be serene (laughs) when everyone else is (laughs) panic-stricken. Someone said, when in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Without God's peace, we're going to react to every situation in panic and fear. But because of this peace, and I can't fully explain that I've experienced it, I know the Scripture says it can be granted to us. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Thelpsis is the Greek word, and it means anguish, pressure. But he said, in the midst of this world, filled with tribulation, anguish, and pressure, you can experience God's peace in your heart. So here's how he put it, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then he said, Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. You see the definition of the peace that the world is looking for in Webster's Dictionary, which we will never find and never experience, is the absence of conflict, the absence of wars, the absence of any kind of of, of pressure or, or problems or, or, or things that cause us fear and anxiety. We can't live in a vacuum. We can't live in this world and not experience the pressure and the anxiety. But Christ promised, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And he offers it to us. And we have experienced it, we who have come to know him as our Savior, the peace of God now resides in our hearts 
and in our lives. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, Christ taught, but it's righteousness. It begins with being reconciled to God, being right with God. And what happens immediately following that reconciliation? Peace. It's righteousness, and it is peace. And thirdly, it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in that relationship that we now have with God. And the promise of His presence, no matter what we face in this fallen world, in this fallen body, and the promise of eternity beyond this world as it is. Hallelujah. A peace that passes understanding now, and a peace that comes through none of the problems that living in this fallen world bring us, none of the pressure. We will never ever, ever experience that again once this this kingdom of God comes to this earth and His kingdom has already come in our hearts and our lives, bringing us peace. Praise God. So this is the message of the gospel. That's why it is good news and that's why there's great celebration. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because the message from God is that every person on this planet without exception, because it's not His will that any perish, but that all have eternal life. Every person has peace, reconciliation, with God available, and then the peace of God can come and reign in our hearts and in our minds, hallelujah, as we trust Him for not just this life and these problems in this world, but anything that will ever come throughout all eternity. We will have peace. Praise God. Amen. So that's what it means to be peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We can have this peace today if we repent of our sin and receive God's love gift, God's lamb, God's substitute sacrifice for our sin that would go to the cross and die for us. No wonder temple shepherds keeping lambs were who the angels chose to visit because the last lamb to be sacrificed and the final sacrifice that God would uh, command or receive was His own Son taking our place on the cross. And this Lamb was born in the city of Bethlehem. And God is sending a message to this fallen world, this heartbroken, heart-aching world. He's sending a message. Peace. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward Man, praise God. Verse 11, once again, the great rejoicing is because that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly, verse 13 says, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and let us see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. When they came, with haste they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it were told unto them. And one paraphrase of verse 17 says, uh, uh, They told everyone they met what the angel said about this child. You know, there's a song you're going to hear this Christmas season. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. The message of Christmas is that a lamb has been given. A son is given. You know, you hear that song, Handel's Messiah, and a verse of it says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And in the heart of God, the desire to save, a, a, a plan to save man from himself and from his sin, He gave His Son. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Again, not just given to lay in a manger, and be that pure holy child that evokes such feelings of, of isn't, isn't he beautiful, isn't he wonderful, isn't he pure. Yes, he was beautiful, wonderful, and pure. But in that manger, in God's mind, in God's heart, in God's plan, was the Lamb. The Lamb was born. That would become the Lamb of God. The sacrifice Lamb, the substitute, that would pay the sin debt once and for all, for all those who would believe it, and all those who would receive it. Amen. There would be peace on earth. Jesus is God's love expressed in its fullness, beginning at the manger and culminating on the cross. Go, tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. For unto us a child is born, a son is given in the Old Covenant, in the New Testament, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe upon Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. When the angels appeared unto the shepherds, He said, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The NIV renders it good news of great joy. One translator renders it the greatest news ever announced. Hallelujah. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain. This is the greatest news ever announced. Friend, the bad news is that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The good news is that Jesus has come to save us from our sins. The bad news is that we as sinners have come under the curse of the law. The good news is that He took the curse for us and became the absolute uh, uh, lamb sacrifice, the absolute lamb in human form 
on that cross. And He broke the curse over us. He became sin for us that the curse might be broken. He never sinned, but He took the punishment for sin as if He had. That God could be just and a justifier of them that believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. That is the good news of Christmas. The bad news is that sin brought Adam's race into bondage to Satan. The good news is that Jesus came to set us free. Death is defeated. Satan's power is broken. Light has shined in the darkness. And the world would never be the same. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine today, this is the message of Christmas. This is the glory. That's why everywhere the the Christmas message is preached, and believe me, it doesn't stop when Christmas is over because the Christmas message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because this birth led from the cradle to the cross and from the cross to the grave and from the grave to the resurrection. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the ascension. And the promise that Jesus, this same Jesus that was born a baby in Bethlehem, that died on the cross, that lay three days in a tomb, has ascended on high. And this same Jesus is coming back again. The coming of the Lord is not a fable. It is not a fairy tale. It is a biblical, spiritual fact. And one day, very, very soon, it will be a reality. Praise God. I'm so glad that Jesus promised to come for us. To come and receive us unto Himself. And take us to His Father's house. Hallelujah. Beyond the veil of all the heartache and heartbreak that this fallen world can grant and give and does give every single day to every one of us. There's not a person listening to this broadcast that hasn't lost a loved one, that hasn't felt the pain that death creates. Oh, friend, a day is coming when we will never, ever feel that pain again. For us who know Christ as Savior, amen, we have this hope, and it's a hope that death can't conquer Hallelujah. And I believe the coming of the Lord is very, very, very soon. And what I want to do as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and even before that, just as a Christian who knows what Christmas really means and what the gospel really offers, I want to go and tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. That's why we're on the radio today. That's why we are talking to you right now today. The old gospel song used to say, I have good news to bring. And that is why I sing my joy with you. I'll share. For I plan to take a trip on the good old gospel ship and go sailing through the air. Friend of mine, Jesus is coming soon today. And the issue isn't whether or not He's going to come. You don't have to believe that for it to happen. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not, whether I believe it or not. I believe it because I'm a believer. 
I have put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe the Bible to be the inerrant Word of God that has stood the test of time and every critic, and today still is the best-selling book in all of the world because it has the answers. It has the solutions for all the perplexing problems that plague every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this planet. In God's Word, there is a plan to save. And there is a plan that offers peace here and now, not just eternally in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty here and now. God offers the peace with Himself through reconciliation. If we repent of our sin and receive Christ, we will be reconciled unto God. And the peace of God occurs at that moment when we come to Christ as our Savior. The peace of God comes because we know in our heart and in our mind we have peace with God. And therefore we have His personal commitment that when this life is over, we will live for, with Him forever, age without end. We will be raised up if we die before the coming of Christ. Only our body will die. And we will be raised up, hallelujah, to live with God forever in a body likened unto Christ's glorified body. Amen. A body that that is spiritual and eternal and yet it is physical and has flesh and bones. Hallelujah. Amen. But it won't be the same. Sickness will never touch it. Age will never harm it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. And death will never destroy it. This This is the good news. No wonder they departed with great joy to tell what the angels had told them. God is doing something big. Hallelujah. Praise God. Back at the turn of the century, back in the uh, late 1800s in a in a, a outpost where trappers would go off into the mountains. They would come back down from the mountains in Kentucky to this this outpost where they could sell their furs and men would come in from months without any word or of any kind of news at all, living in the wilderness, trapping for the furs, and they would bring them to trade their furs. And they, 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 uh, one trapper came in on, on one uh, particular month and he asked, what has happened? What's the news? What's been going on? I've been gone for six months. What's been going on around here? And the man who owned the outpost said, well, really, nothing has really changed. Everything is just like it was when you left, except there was a baby born down at the Lincoln cabin. There was a baby born down at the Lincoln cabin. A man was born, a man of destiny, that would be one of the greatest leaders through one of the hardest times that the nation has ever known. A little baby was born, destined to become, after many setbacks, the President of the United States to lead us through a terrifying, terrible time called the Civil War, and yet now considered one of the greatest men of character, one of the greatest presidents, one of the greatest leaders in the United States of America. But he was born 
in a poor family, in a little log cabin, in an, in an, in an area of Kentucky that no one knew anything was mighty occurring. Our friend that night in that little town of Bethlehem, the angels visited temple shepherds, preparing, keeping the lambs that would be offered for sacrifice. Ah, friend, and brought them the glorious news. For unto you in the city of David is born, is born this night a Savior. And the angels and the host of heaven sang, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Today, if you don't have this precious peace, I want to invite you this Christmas season to repent of your sin, be reconciled unto God, and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Ah, friend, God has given the greatest gift that could ever be offered, that could ever be given, when He gave His only begotten Son for you and for me. And when you hear Handel's Messiah, and you hear the song, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Understand that in the mind and heart of God, the moment that baby lay in that manger, God had given him up to go to the cross, to lay down his life, so you and I could be reconciled to God and have peace, have peace, have peace. Come to Christ today. Yes, right where you are, right now. There'll never be a better time. And let this be the greatest celebration of Christmas that you've ever known. Regardless of what you get or don't get. And if you're a Christian, when you hear these great songs of faith, remember the cost of your salvation and the Christ who paid it and the God who gave His Son. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.